Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I watched the SpaceX launch this afternoon. Uh, it was beautiful. It felt like a huge moment for the human race to hear that countdown and see the rocket launch. Um, then I got sad uh, because what I was watching was a stark reminder of the limitless amount of things that humanity can accomplish when it works together. We sent Bob and Doug, these two astronauts, from the planet's surface, strapped to a rocket sh and shot them to the heavens, to a friggin' space station that floats in the sky. Uh, but back here on Earth, we still haven't figured out that we're all in this together. Um, that was my biggest takeaway from that historic event today. Made me sad. Um, times are tough. And I don't know. I'll probably have to clip that out. I'm I'm rambling now. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Um my guest today is a uh an actor, writer, director, storyteller. Um I know him as a acting coach at the Actors Workout Studio. Um and his name is Ricky Pete. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure. Um where to even begin, man? I'm sorry to start it on a downer note. It's a, uh, you know, this is usually a positive, positive show where we talk about, you know, how art inspires us and how um, it heals us um, and gets us going and gets us out of bed in the, in the every day. But there's just so much pain going on right now. Everything I, you know, even uh, my photo, I got, I got a photographer friend who went through a. Uh, through Atlanta yesterday, and, and all his his whole he's got thousands and thousands of pictures of protests and on. And it's just like pain everywhere man it's uh yeah. it's possible impossible to ignore so you know i'm not you know we're gonna address it i'm i don't know what to say it's frustrating it, uh, it makes me sad yeah it's like the thousand pound gorilla in the room you know that we have to uh deal with um and and you know it, it reminds me well everything reminds me of acting and art I think that light parallels um, art in a lot of ways. But, you know, you're basically talking about the truth of our humanity, right? The truth of our situation in the United States, you know, a truth that we have so long denied or sidestepped, not addressed. And because that's been the reality, we've we've not been able to get away from it. We've not been able to get beyond it, you know, because mm -hmm. people don't want to address the truth because the truth is a, it's a very sour, um, hard pill to swallow, right? Mm -hmm. So until we really deal with the truth of who we are as Americans, who we are as human beings, who we are um, as a country, dealing with equality, civil rights, our history as a country, you know, things like this will continue to occur. It really boggles my mind that, I mean, it's willful, willful ignorance, obviously, but like for people not to get the greater picture here, like, cause if, if, if it is true that it is okay for a police officer to, to kill a, a black person on camera, and get away with it and be fine, then eventually it's going to start happening to everyone else. And then you'll start caring about it, but then it'll be too late because we'll be living in a fascist state under police rule. So, I mean, if there's any good time, man, 
there's now is this now or never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad situation on so many levels, you know, as an African-American, it's, it's very sad, but I also try to think on a higher level, a lot of times, um, Oh, I know. I, especially, I got a cool example from your uh, from a class I took with you one time. I'd like to talk about. It was it was interesting. I thought it was really interesting. But uh, okay. continue on. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a good thing. Um, yeah. So we don't really have a lot of control over things, right? Uh, this pandemic has been a, a major example of that, right? right. So, regardless of what we do, regardless of the forces that are against us, um, the truth will rise, right? Um, we will make some type of progress and it will be painful, right? So this, these conversations that we're having are conversations that have been going on for the past decade or so since you know, we've been filming. Obviously, they've been going on way longer than that, but we didn't have the concrete evidence mm. for people to see. Um, right. It's like now, no, it's not that it's not there's more racism. It's just that's getting filmed. Right. Yeah. Famously said by Will Smith. Um, now we're at a boiling point. Right. You 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 can't you can't. It's like a a buoy, and I, I use this analogy with my acting students all the time. It's like a buoy. It's like the truth which is a buoy in water, let's say out on the ocean, and you're trying to hold it down, hold it down, hold it down. Eventually it's gonna come up. Eventually it's going to come up. So eventually something is going to happen or a number of something is going to, are going to happen where we have no choice but to deal with this cancer of racism, of systemic uh, prejudice and bias and you know, all of those things where we're going to have to deal with it and extract it from our, our humanity, our, 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 our country. Um, and so often, you know, that cancer is in remission and we are, we'll forget about it, right? We'll forget about it for months, maybe years. And we, we think that we're better but then it'll raise its ugly head again. And we're getting to the point where that cancer is taking over the majority of our body and we can't do anything but address it. And if we don't address it, we're gonna die. Literally going to die. So we're just at that point where it's time to address that cancer. And um, hopefully we address it before it takes us over, right? Right. I mean, and, and I, like, I don't like it's, it's the natural reaction. If you think you are under threat, constant threat all the time, eventually you're, you're going to do something drastic to, to stop it. I mean, if, if kneeling during the national anthem won't work, if, you know, wearing T-shirts won't work, you know, eventually you're, you're running out of options, man. And, and I can see where people get desperate and I, I see where bad things start to happen. And I don't want to, the moment a national guardsman fires a bullet on a protester that we're never going back from that, you know? Well, right, right, right. Well, it's, and it's like, you know, when you take everything that a person values, you know, be it their life, 
their loved ones, their freedom, their liberties, mm. and you leave them with nothing, then they have nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I exactly. think a lot of people feel that and are at that point where they're like, I don't have anything to lose because you've taken everything away from me. Yeah. You can so kill me, me for being an innocent person. You. I mean, they say an mm -hmm. eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, but yeah. where, where, yeah. was, where, where do you go? What do you do? Yeah. I don't know. That's the nice thing. I don't know. That's... And I think that's one of the most frustrating things about this entire reality. For so many people of goodwill, it's like, what can we do? Because this isn't a singular issue. This isn't a singular solution. It's multifaceted, right? right. It's not just about the police force. The police force is supported by a large segment of our country. You know what I mean? Because if they yeah. weren't, then this wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about them. It's not just about the person in office because the person in office is also supported, was put in office by a large part of our society. Right. So it's, um, a, it's a multifaceted um, solution. Yeah. I would even say, I mean, you know, the, you know, the lady who called the cops on the, on the bird watcher guy, what, um, she, she was right. a Democrat donating Democrat donated to Obama. I think it's just, it's just, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of lefties who are meaning well, but I think, do you think, do you think it's possible to go too far the other way? Like with, um, like with le left, uh, like the others pendulum, like overcompensation. Uh to what to be too what liberal you know uh, almost, like uh, like pandering almost to a point you know can i give you an example i shared this yeah, with please. uh with the great diego escobar on, on an episode a couple uh, okay. a couple months ago this was uh, i went and saw the uh i went and saw black panther a producer screening of the black panther which is mm. uh producers guild screening of the black panther so uh i'm not in the producers guild but a friend of mine was brought me with brought me with uh needless to say a lot of white folks in the room Mm -hmm. Um, so the credits roll, everyone's thunderous applause. Everyone loved it. Cause it's a great movie. Um, every, uh, every actor that comes up thunderous, thunderous applause, uh, Michael B. Jordan, um, Angela Bassett, you know, the, the list goes on. Uh, um, and then, but they get to the white actors names and they stop clapping. They just stop. It was like, they were scared. It was one of the weirdest things, bro. I've never, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I was, I was dumbfounded. Like Mark, Martin Freeman's name comes up, hold the applause. Uh, Andy Serkis' name, hold applause. But everyone else, everyone else got a thunderous applause, and, I, and that made me think. Like, I mean, they, they might be a, a little too far for this. I think you guys, there's a way to celebrate everyone. You, you don't have to lower one to raise the other, you know. Um, and I think, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. So I would say that. You know, um, most people are doing the best that they can from where they are, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that, you know, it's, it's a concerted effort, that it's intentional. We're just, we're all human beings and we're all on this, this rock in, this, in, in space twirling around and mm -hmm. we're doing the best that we can in the moment, right? And yeah, I, I, I can understand how... Um, some sense of white guilt may make you see something and give it more praise than it may deserve or, you know, go the other way with it also. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I feel for, I feel for us all because going back to the system, we're mm-hmm. all in this together. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, I don't think enough people realize that. And that goes back to the truth. You know, if we really had a serious conversation about race in this country and about the systemic um, inequalities in this country, then we can all kind of put our hands up and say, hey, I'm a victim of this too. Let's all do something about it. And I think too many people feel like they are being charged with something they don't have responsibility over or, or they're just being blamed for, you know, things that they shouldn't be blamed for. But if we can all say that, yo, this country has been founded on on these things and we're all products of it and no one can really escape. You can't live in this country and not value whiteness. You know what I'm saying? You can't Mm. live in this country and not value whiteness. It's on everything it's on every program you see it's on every bulletin board you see it's it's on the products that we buy you know the commercials that we see it's all about white people white and that's not bad but that's what it is and then the reverse black folk you see black folk it's 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 welfare it's this and that and that you can't escape it so it's no wonder why a lot of people have the mindset that they have now obviously people who want to do better, people who want to escape from those, those mindsets and those ways of thinking because they know it's bad, they will put in the work to get away from that mm-hmm. because they're conscious of their thoughts. Mm. And they're, they're how, is, to, how is a way someone can work, work this shit out of them? Because I don't think people understand enough, like, I mean, I don't know, like someone who is racist, work that shit out. It's, I think, you know, I mean, nor- normalizing, you, right? Being around people that are different than you goes a hell of a long way. It's, yeah, it's, it's so, it's something where it's, it's like, let's equate it, it may be a bad equation, to um, an addiction, right? First, you mm-hmm. have to, first, you have to say that you're addicted. First, you have to realize that you're a racist. And then you have to want to do something about it. I can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to want to do it. So that, yeah, I, I think it begins there. You have to want to do something about whatever ails you. And if you don't want to do anything about it, then nobody can do anything for you. So, right? yeah. I because mean, if, 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 uh, you know, a lot of these people say that they're good people. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. And you, mm-hmm. you, you are good to people who are like you, to people who uphold the values that you uphold. But outside of that, you're a different person. Um, you have to be able to look at that and say, I shouldn't be treating these people one way and these people another way. Right. And if, you can't, if you can't bridge that gap for yourself in realizing that you're doing that, I can't do anything for you. Nobody else can come in and do anything for you. It's weird. That's what I was saying about like the, the liberal overcorrection thing. Cause I mean, I'm sure you get the, I know, you know, like the, the white folks that will start like throwing a little 
jive in their in their talk when they start hanging out around with black yeah. people but only uh, around them it's just well, I, I think mean, even I, that's I a form of racism i would say like yeah. treating people different inherently is just treat everyone the same man fuck how hard is right. it yeah definitely i i had the um the benefit the advantage of growing up with a father who was a celebrity and a millionaire so I really? went who's, to, your, who's your father? I don't. I didn't know that. My my father's Calvin Pete. He's a professional golfer. Oh shit! Um, one of the top golfers in the eighties. He, he won like the second most tournaments on the PGA Tour in the eighties. Um, Calvin. So, I went to some of the best schools in the country, in the world, right? Some of the best private schools, and. Obviously, there weren't a lot of people like me there. <laughs> I went to private school. I can I can attest to that. So, I've I've I have the great fortune of knowing a lot of diverse people, and you know, growing up in the homes of white people, people of different um, ethnicities, etc. So yeah, I dealt with that kind of thing you know, where you mentioned speaking in a certain way or just um, microaggressions, mm, right? Yeah. Um, because that's the way things things are, you know, so. Mm. I think it's just a matter of being familiar with each other and being comfortable, you know, strange, yeah. different is comfortable. I mean, different, different is uncomfortable inherently. Um, right, yeah. Um, and I, I, I had the, the luck of, you know, playing sports, a lot of sports. And so I, I just, I was friends with people from all over the place. Um, and something like sports is what you'd need, I think, cause it, you know, it's a common goal. It's something that you learn from an early age as a child, you know, to work together and that we're all on the same team and so on and so forth. So I think, I think you just need not, I just, we need to mix people up from an early age. Yeah, uh, well, without question, I think the more we know about one another, the more we don't see one another as the other, right? Oh, that's yeah. my boy. That's my boy who I know as a human being who I've sweat with, who I've cried with, et cetera, et cetera. I don't see him as the black guy or I don't see him as the white guy. I see him as a human being. Right. But but that's part of the system, you know, the the negative part of the system which keeps us divided, which keeps us in classes, which prevents us from having the same opportunities as the other may have, which creates the division, which creates you looking at me in a certain way and me looking at you in a certain way mm. and me feeling fear because of you. Um, I had mentioned to you that I had a conversation with an, another friend about this. We talked previously. Right. Um, and for me, the question came up about people of goodwill, like yourself and like my friend, and people who recognize the humanity in other people. You know, you were talking about playing with other people on your team and getting to know them. Um, I wanted to know what is it about those people who aren't like you, 
but who look like you, who can't, who, who continue to fear and continue to propagate and uphold this system where they have white privilege. Like, I'm sure you don't care about white privilege, right? My friend, he, he didn't care about white privilege. He doesn't want white privilege. But there is a, a, a large part of our society who want to uphold white privilege. And sure. I feel that it's because of fear, right? They don't mm. want, for whatever reason, they don't want to be on equal grounds with people of color. And I'm like, I want to understand that more. You know, you asked me about, you asked me a question earlier about, you know, how, how, do, how do I feel we got in a certain place? I wanted to know how they, how you got in a certain place, you know, to be people of good, goodwill and, and, and people who aren't fearful of the other and who, people who want the best for everybody. I, that's hard to say, man. I, you know, I don't, because I'm from Springfield, Illinois, um, which is like right smack dab in the middle of Illinois. It's red, it's red country. Um, and I have been around racist people my entire life. Um, and it's always stuck out to me like a sore thumb. It's something I've always really noticed, you know, from the smallest thing of just people being treated differently or looking or being fearful or, you know, changing the way they talk. I, I don't know, man. I just, I, f I find a lot of common ground with, with everybody. Um, but you know, black folks as well. Like it just, I just find, I find common ground with anybody. That's, that's one of the reasons why I like the words of Jay, because I just like fucking talking to people and learning about them and, you know, taking their experiences and maybe it inspires something in, in me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I've, I mean, I, no one wants to hear the white guy say, I have black friends, but uh, I've had black friends my entire life from, you know, grade school through college. I, I, I lived with black guys all through college, um, um, all four years. Um, we just, it's just a different level of understanding, I guess, because I don't, I never have seen anyone any, as anything other than, you know, like me, because we're mm -hmm. all just people on this planet just trying to figure our shit out and trying to get, be happy right like mm. doesn't everyone just want that mm. so that's that's where the disconnect for me is with with anybody who you know has any sort of racist feeling is like i don't you know this is a person that was born on a patch of dirt like you it may have been born in a nicer patch patch of dirt and you know it's like the border crossing thing i was born in mexico so i can't go to but whatever for the, beside that it's just like we're all what what makes us any different? Like we all come out of a vagina and we all die and become dust. Like mm. we're just people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I know what I said is not going to, you know, like change the world, but it's, it makes, I just wish I could do something to help, man. Well, I, you know, I think that's part of, that's part of, part of the key, whatever that, that answer is, and it may not be one answer, but you know, why are seemingly half, half maybe 60% of the country like you, and then the other 40% fearful and want to continue these, these systems that 
do not treat everyone equally and fairly. And, and, and mm-hmm. like most things, it's, it's based on some kind of fear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's work that somebody has to do. Somebody has to do that work. I can't do it. <laughs> well, maybe all of us collectively can get it done. Yeah. Um, through, through some art, though. Make some badass art. I mean, right. you, uh, you seem to be uh, be taking the uh, the current age and, and stride with your videos. I, lo- I loved your grocery store one with the uh, with the hand sanitizer. You were yelling at this dude hoarding all, all his shit, but he ended up being right. a uh, a stalker at the grocery right. store. Like that's that's funny stuff that you know someone might probably someone. I guarantee someone watched ten seconds of like that was like, oh fuck that guy, <laughs> you know, or right. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You watch the whole thing. So it's it's cool. Um, oh, and it's, um. A quote stood out to me from your. Uh, and we can get back into the arts a little bit. This is an arts podcast, right? Um, okay. You do. Uh, you do a show called the the four um, peas in a pot. Peas in a pot. Peas in a pot. Yeah. The uh, yeah. And, and you had a quote which was uh, a man who. This is the poet said this in this last video. I wrote this down because <laughs> this was this is good. I like this. Uh, a man who hides behind his title is a man who hides behind his true self, and mm. that is just a great fucking quote. That is a great writing. That just kind of encapsulates this whole conversation. I think. Wow. You know, if wow. you for you know you forget your humanity, and you're gonna hide, you know, you know, put something in front of this your person, your humanity, then, then what are you? Mm. Um, I love well, it, dude. So t- talk about that. That's a cool thing. That's this is four. It's called you know four. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn, I forgot the name. Again. What is it? <laughs> you play all four characters, and they're all you know different. Uh, po- poet, sports star, um, uh, prosecutor, and uh, oh shit. shit, 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 shit. My memorization's off, bro. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so, a pro ball player, a poet, <laughs> a prosecutor, and a prince. Prince, prince. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, that's great. I loved it. Uh, that's that's that speaks to the the multi hyphenate in you, the actor, director, uh, producer, editor. That's what I love yeah. about uh, yeah. about people out here. Yeah, I had to take a I had to take a moment to let that compliment wash over me, man, because I, I felt it that that stood out for you, you know? Wow. And I think that, I don't think, I, I know that artists have a special place in society, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the video, uh, the recent video of Denzel Washington. Yes. Stepping in, um, in, a, in an arrest situation with um, it seemed to be a, a mentally, um, uh, how, how would you describe him? He, challenge, he seemed to have a mentally challenged yeah. man, homeless man, hmm. and officers were attempting to arrest him. And this happened in West Hollywood, and Denzel Washington was driving and happened to see this um, altercation, this, this, this situation going down, got out of his car, went over and became the buffer between the officers and the uh, African-American homeless men. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in watching that and reading some of the comments about it, you know, you know, people were saying how surprised they were and grateful they were for for him to do that um, because, you know, he has a lot to lose or, you know, that's not something they would typically expect for a celebrity mm-hmm. or someone of his ilk to do. And for me, it was quite the opposite in that 
I understand what makes a great actor, right? A great actor is someone who takes action. It's someone who has a point of view and a view on the world and doesn't wait for permission, doesn't care what other people think, but will go and take action towards whatever their goal is, right? So of course, someone who is known as one of the greatest actors of all times, if he sees something that he that affects him and he feels a need to either change behavior or to be a part of it, of course he's gonna take action. I would be surprised if he didn't take action. I would be surprised that any great actor that we know wouldn't take action because that's part of their DNA. That's mm -hmm. what makes them a great actor in the first place. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's a whole, di yeah, I didn't even think about that. And as, as, as artists, as artists in general, we're more sensitive than the average person, you know, than the regular population. You know, that's part of what makes us artists. We feel things more deeply. And because we feel it in a certain way, we translate those feelings and emotions into our art to help everyone else to understand what life is all about, right? When you look at a beautiful painting, it, 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 it communicates to you in a, in a way that you, you couldn't be communicated to in any other way, right? When you uh -huh. hear certain music, it communicates to you in just in a different language, right? And that's what we do as artists. That's our responsibility. That's how we connect and um, relate our humanity and what life is all about through our art. So when something like, you know, um, the George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey situations happen, mm -hmm. it affects us even more. And I'm not saying that we're special, but I'm saying that we make our life about opening up, becoming more empathetic, becoming more vulnerable to life circumstances because that's how we represent the human condition. Right. And that's what audiences relate to and then they live through us vicariously because we're able to do things that they can't typically do because society has pulled in the walls on them and they don't feel they don't feel the they don't have the ability to express themselves in the way that they would like to express themselves. But when they see us on screen or they hear us on stage, they're like, yeah, yeah, I feel this. I'm, this allows me to really move my body and open up myself and feel human again for these two hours. So, you know, I, I, I think that, um, this time um, is a, a special time for, for our artists in general. And obviously we're gonna see a lot of art going forward that has to do, deal with this pandemic mm -hmm. and a lot of art created um, and inspired by the pandemic and everything that happens around it. So yeah, um, back to four peas in a pot. In creating this and writing this, yeah, it gave me an opportunity to 
experience the world from four different perspectives. And, you know, all these perspectives, of course, come from me, right? Where, where does my imagination come from? It comes from everything that I've experienced throughout my life, right? Um, so for you to say that in some small way it had an effect on you, again, it came from me, my heart and the way I see the world and for it to have affected you in any small way um, that you remember it, touches me, right? Because it connects it's the butterfly us. effect. Yeah. Because then I might bring that insight into something else I make or say that to someone else and, you know, it keeps traveling and traveling along. And, you know, maybe one right. day the whole world will realize, oh, shit, we're all just people and we don't need titles. Thank right. you, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you know, it could, it could, that could really be a thing. Um, that is what, uh, that's the purpose. I told you before we started, my, I, I found out that my purpose was to inform and to inspire. Um, mm. And that is what I hope to accomplish through, through my entertainment career. I'm also entertain. I mean, you should have fun. But right. sometimes yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, make yeah. your ass cry because people cry and there's sad stuff going on or angry or whatever. Um, just about expressing yourself. And it's such a release that comes from that expression, man. I, this is something I didn't really know a lot about until I started at AWS um, because I wasn't uh, was never really a theater actor. I did a play in high school. That's kind of like my first acting thing ever. And then I didn't really – I acted in college in short films. Like I went to film school, learned film – um, and while I was there, I just, you know, tried to act in as many shorts as I could just to, you know, practice because I figured, you know, it's better than not doing it. Right. right. Uh, so then I came out here, bounced around acting classes a little <clears throat> bit, but then I ended up at AWS and we're, we're studying Meisner and repetitions and all that. And it's just, uh, I, it, it's like night and day. Like I, my progress as, as an artist, as a, an emotional person, as an empathetic person, um, just totally across the board has just it, it has enriched my life being able like that feeling of getting up on stage and being able to say literally whatever the hell you want to whoever's standing in front of you you know that's something we don't get in our everyday lives in the office when someone's pissing you off you know you, you don't get to tell George to fuck off because because right. he uh you know he, he took your pen um so it's 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 amazing and it's it's a real blessing to be able to live as an artist and I don't want to uh you know, sound like I'm taking for granted or any, I don't take any of this for granted. And I want to try to, you know, give back to people and, and help, you know, inspire, inspire and inform people mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. through my experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, to be yeah, honest. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, and definitely I, I had a similar experience. Um, I've been at AWS for, I don't know, about a, 10, 11 years. Mm. And uh, it wasn't my first entree into acting. Um, I'd acted for a while before. I came here from Washington D.C. And um, when I came, and I had a, I had an acting studio, my own acting studio in Washington D.C., a creative Creative Freedom Art Studio. But I came here for acting and writing. And like yourself, you know, you've come here you start looking for a place to uh, hone your skills. So I, I went around um, Hollywood, uh, Los Angeles, looking at different um, acting studios, et cetera, auditing. <clears throat> and then I came here and I audited with Fran and it spoke to me. You know, 
his his uh, perspective on the craft, mm. his approach to uh, being an actor, it, it, it spoke to me, the truth of it spoke to me. Um, and I think what really speaks to most people who come here and stay here, and it sounds like this is what happened to you is, you know, it's, it's, it gives you the license to stand in your truth, right? To express who you are, mm-hmm. right? And what is more valuable and um, alluring <laughs> than that? Because that's, you talked about how we all just want to be happy. We do. We all want to be happy and we all want to be heard and we all want to be valued. And this art form embraces all of that, right? It's about speaking your truth, whatever your truth is, right? And right. dealing with the consequences of your truth and looking at yourself in a mirror and asking yourself, you know, am I okay with the choices that I'm making? Am I okay with the behavior that I'm um, um, putting forth out into the world? Um, and if so, what am I going to do to change that? What am I going to do to, um, to do more of that if I'm satisfied with it? Right. I can tell you this, it's made me a more like assertive person just in my personal life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm way more, um, liable to speak up, you know, when I'm feeling a certain way now than I ever was really. Um, right. that is, it's, it's a gift. Right. Yeah. Without, without question. It, that that is a gift um also um not just in this um uh philosophy or technique of acting meisner but just in going back to art artists in general you know there's a sense of empathy that we we all have to have to really be great artists i mean you have to understand the human condition in order to speak to the human condition, right? right? So this opens this this type of work opens you up to be more empathetic, to be more human, regardless of what that looks like. You know, from hating to lo- from hating to loving, it opens up this whole thing and tells you it's okay to be whatever it is because that's what humanity is. You know, we don't have just these feelings. We have all of these feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and it takes, as you know, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to um, communicate all those, all those different areas of your humanity. Right. What, uh, what, what, uh, what got you interested in, in this to, to even like start, you know, going, you were, you, were, you, were you traveling like boarding school type of thing? Like, yeah, I went to boarding school. Hmm. Um, I, went, uh, I first went to boarding school in Connecticut, uh, St. Thomas More, um, and then I went to military boarding school oh, wow. in St. Petersburg, Florida, um, Admiral, Admiral Farragut Academy. Damn, what's and that then, like? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a good... <laughs> it went well. Um, it's, it's not like I had any trouble there, mm. but for my personality, it's not a good fit, mm. right? I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not the fit in, go along to go along kind of person. You know, I, I'm, I totally get I'm that. A, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, 
I'm a rebel at heart. I'm a, I walk by the beat of my own drum, right? And um, so to be in something restrictive like that mm. really doesn't work for my, my personality type. But um, it was a great experience. You know, I think all, all life experiences are great, you know, just depending on your, your perspective on them. You, know, you gain something from them from sure. all life experiences. And as I said, you know, where does my imagination come? It comes from all my experiences, right? So the more diverse experiences that I can have, the better. That's why, you know, as you get older, you're a better actor than you were when you were younger, because when you were younger, you didn't know shit. You yeah. haven't experienced, you haven't experienced anything as it compares to what you're going to experience, you know, when you get older. So, yeah. Mm. So were you, uh, were you were you taking acting classes at Military Academy? Or? No, 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 no. Yeah, so back to acting. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. My mom, she uh, she was a theater major in college, and um, that never I never thought twice about that. I didn't start acting until my last year in college at the University of Virginia. I I played. I went to. Uh, Virginia and I was a track and football athlete. Um, uh, that makes sense. You pretty jacked. And I, and I walked on and I got a scholarship um, as a football player. And um, which play? What position? Yeah. Yeah. So I I started. So I didn't start playing football in my life until my senior year in high school. Mm. So unlike most people who've been playing since you know Pop Warner or what you know mm. whatever the formative uh, leagues are. Um, I didn't start playing until my senior year. <clears throat> and um, I didn't know exactly where I fit, but fortunately I was fast, well, I'm still fast, fast, strong. Um, and uh, so I, I was able to come on the team, start at wide receiver, start at defensive end, um, make all make all county, make all state and track, et cetera, et cetera. And when I got to the University of Virginia, um, I think I weighed like 200 pounds. Um, but still, I, I didn't know much about football. So again, my, my athletic ability and my physical strengths helped me to um, do well, but I didn't know where I fit. So I started out at free safety. And I, I've always had the mentality of the big guy on campus, mm. right? So I was wanted to be the biggest, strongest guy. So I started out at 200 pounds at free safety. Then I went to strong safety. I got bigger. Then I went to linebacker. I got, I got to about 225, Damn. you know. And then I started thinking about bodybuilding also. So I got to like 260. And I went to like defensive end. So I never like stayed at one position. Damn, man, how tall are you? Six one? Six two. Six, two. Six two. Yeah. I never stayed at one position. So I was never able to find the right position for myself. But as I said, when I got in my senior year, I was also thinking about bodybuilding. And Schwarzenegger was someone I looked up to. Ooh, Pumping Irons. That's a dopest documentary of all time. I love that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because he, you know, he was this great bodybuilder and he was also an actor, I started thinking about acting. I'm like, you know, I would look at the screen and I would say, yeah, I can do that. 
I can do that just as well as he can right. do that. Yeah, yeah, those early I, those '80s movies with the bo- trying to make the bodybuilders and the actors, and when everyone wanted to be Arnold, yeah, that didn't work out for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I started take my senior year. I started taking uh, theater courses at uh, Virginia, and I just continued it, continued that after I graduated went in community theater, et cetera, and I went uh, back to Washington D.C. and I went. I attended all the studios there and all the acting schools there and continued uh, theater. Wow. Cool, man. Where did you, uh, you have a very like, here's where I'll tell the story about the class now. Finally, um, you have like a very, like immersive, an immersive style about, about your teaching that I, that I really enjoyed. We, um, the class I took with you, I don't remember what it was called, but we, you basically, you started us off by having like one by one, we all got up on stage. We talked about our greatest fears in depth and our greatest inspirations, um, sort of like in a way, um, bringing this, we all, we all heard each other's greatest fears and inspirations. So obviously afterwards we were all very close as a group, closer mm-hmm. than we were to start for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you were like, you gave us this scenario where we're all actors in this, uh, this dude's movie who, whose name escapes me, uh, shit, some, um, but he was directing like Idris Elba and I think mm-hmm. JLo was there too. Okay. Um, and you were like, we're going to go shoot this movie across the street where we're, we're the co- AWS has gotten you all in. Um, you gave us all specific, you know, rule roles and instructions for this, uh, yeah. for and, this and film. This is a group improv. Mm. So we go across the street to this comedy club, the ha ha comedy club in Noho. I've actually never been in there. Is it, is it any good? Yeah, it's okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Noho. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so we go over there and uh, you pull us aside and you basically tell us all what's happened. You know, like someone someone made out with Idris Elba, you know, someone was looking at Jayla's ass, whatever. Um, so but we so we lost the movie. We're kicked off. Uh, so we all got to go back to the studio. But we don't all know like each other's information. We only have our own personal information of what happened to us. Like I, I think I think I nailed my takes. I think I nailed it on the second take, I believe. Um, so I was feeling good. I was like, oh, shit, I did my part. So we right. went over there and we did our group improv and, and it was, uh, it was cool to see, you know, how, how the emotions cascaded, you know, from, from the anger to the resentment to the, what the hell, you know, you know, the, the infighting mm-hmm. and, uh, just to see that all play out. Like that is, that is life. That is acting. That is right. what it's all about. It's about an emotion. It's about right. experience. Right. Um, so it was cool. I really enjoyed that. I just wanted to, to talk about that because that made a real impression on me. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think um, what uh, it, it, it's a rush, right? It's a rush when you really allow yourself to be um, immersed in the world that you created. So basically, you know, you were able to tap into your, your humanity. You know, everybody was able to tap into their humanity based on the backstories that you mentioned that I gave everyone, right? So, you know, um, some people um, were disappointed because of what I told them transpired in their backstory on set. You were not disappointed because you did exactly what you needed to do. So you felt a certain way. There are other, and, and, and then there were other people who, who were to blame for the entire situation. Mm-hmm. from different people's perspectives, right? So then you all got the opportunity to come back together and to deal with 
that situation in, in a real intimate and human way. Right. And then, we, then you all had the opportunity to experience those real emotions. <laughs> you know, you, you all had the opportunity to go on that roller coaster ride of the different emotions, and to know that um, you could be truthful and express yourself fully in that situation. And that's just a rush. You know, that, that's just a rush to be able to express yourself, anger, hurt, um, uh, passion, whatever it may be. And to, to, that's what humanity is all about, right? So you got to live, you got to be heard and seen and to express yourself fully. And that's what we all want to do. Mm-hmm. So is that something like, where did, the, where did that come from? Where did you start? When did you start doing like those, like, is that part of your style that you really like to, uh, like when yeah, you act, yeah. I, yeah, go, when, are you yeah. taking yeah, it yeah. as is like, like that? Like, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like my writing also it's as artists, you know, we have to allow ourselves to hear all the different inspirations that will come to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to put yourself in position to hear it because it's out there. It's out there. And you have to be open to hearing it and taking it in. So the way I teach, I'm in a certain mind space all day where just the most simplest thing may come to me and I will put it in the context of acting and teaching. So it's, it's mm-hmm. like a light bulb. Oh, that would be a great thing to create an exercise in. You know what I mean? Because I, I could see that helping someone. And the same thing goes back to writing. You know, that quote you said from one of my characters, that's just something where I'm allowing myself to hear different voices and point of views from all of these characters. It's not like, it's not like it, it was a, it's not a conscious thing. The other thing about our work, and you may talk, you may talk to this um, from your perspective, but the work is about getting out of your head and into your experience, into mm-hmm. your humanity, into the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So most great artwork, it doesn't come from the head. Right. It comes through inspiration. It comes to people. Mm -hmm. So that quote, it just came to me. It's not like I'm no freaking genius or I'm no poet myself, but I was listening. I was listening with my heart and my whole body. And it it came to me. All the dialogue that and and other people have talked about dialogue that resonated with them. It comes to me and I'm like, wow. Or I may laugh at something and I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? But if it comes to me and it affects me that way, obviously it's going to affect someone else the same way. Right. Because it's, it, and it's, it's, it's like being that vessel, allowing this thing to come through you, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, getting back to your question, a, a lot of my teaching uh, techniques or practices come from just being in a place where I'm allowing things to come to me that I feel will um, help someone else. That's awesome, man. Uh, this is such a beautiful thing. Um, what do you, because um, you do, 
a little bit of everything. And I have this theory that I, oh, and, you we know, the- talked about that though. You remember we talked about that. So you were t- you were. This was a while ago, but uh-huh. um, I remember when you were on stage and I had you guys talking about uh, your life. Um, you were saying how you were doing a lot of things. Yeah. And I and I related to you. Yeah, I know what that feels like. I I'm I'm able to do a lot of things, but then I had to kind of focus more and you know focus on a few things because you find yourself spreading yourself thin across so many different things. And that's that's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing to be able to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then it's a curse when you find yourself spreading yourself over all of these different um, skill sets. Right. I, uh, my theory with that is I think I don't, I'm, not, I'm going to be testing this the rest of my life is I, I feel like the secret to success or and happy, you know, having the both the success and the happiness, happiness, it seems to me, it's like, you know, you see people that are super successful, but not happy. You see people that are not successful, but they're happy. But the, the, the key to finding the both is maybe do as many things that make you happy as possible, not thinking of success, but once this, you will achieve se- success from your pursuit of those happiness and those passions. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, the big C word of being an artist and of, I think, just living successfully is courage, mm-hmm. right? So you mm-hmm. may know that, okay, I have a passion. This is what fulfills me, but there's not much money in this thing or, there, there's there's a long route to find success in what this is. And it just takes courage to say, but I'm going to go with what fulfills me. And hopefully the money will come, but I'm going to be fulfilled internally. And hopefully because I'm so fulfilled internally and I'm, I'm this doesn't feel like a job to me, um, the rest will come from that. Most people don't have that that courage, right? That's mm-hmm. why that's why actors and artists are held to such a high esteem because the average person on some level knows that this is a very difficult thing to do. Right. You know, just the vulnerability of putting yourself out there. The vulnerability of writing writing something and putting it out there so everyone can see it and most likely judge it. Oh, the, yeah. the vulnerability of putting yourself on stage and acting so that other people can sit back and say, oh, I like that, or I didn't like that, or whatever it is. There's a lot of vulnerability, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of courage, right? Um, so, yeah, um, I, I, uh, I'm happy for you to have found what your purpose is and to, you know, go feel full throttle in um, fulfilling that, because I'm trying to do the same thing. And it's, not a, it's, it's, not a, it's not an easy thing to follow your bliss, follow what you feel is your passion. It's right. not a, and it shouldn't be an easy thing, right? right? Can you imagine if, if life was, if everything was easy, every time you woke, every, every morning you woke up, it was like, eh, no problems today. That's why Justin Nothing. Bieber's so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, and it's, it's, it's part of why his, his life is interesting and he gets to try to come out on the other side of it. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, true. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I would do better in the same situation. Who knows? Oh. Being famous at 13 and then, right. you know, yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's changes you. But, uh, yeah. well, man, I'm, 
do you want to wrap it up from there? Because that was like that was fucking yeah, that was yeah, really yeah. solid on the uh, on the motivation. Uh, follow your passions, folks. Follow follow the, those things that make you twinkle in your eyes and and encourage others to do so because you know that's that is one of the greatest gifts you can give someone is someone who says they have a passion and they want to pursue it fucking tell right. them to go do it man right. because that they will remember that and it'll mean it, it'll keep them going sometimes you know when things are hard they'll remember that friend that family member that pushed them to go um, right but I just, I just want to say thank you so much, Ricky, for coming on, man, and talking talking about your life, your experiences. Um, I'm humbled to have shared uh, this past hour hour or so with you, sir. Um, thank you, yeah, man. It's been that long, huh? Wow. Um, that it has. Been... Yeah, the, the time flies. Um, but is there anything you you want to you want to plug for the for the peeps to check out who who hear this? Yeah, so definitely my um, my webisode four P's. It's in good. A pod. You guys should check that out. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like most people at, at this point in um, quarantine status, so I'm not doing much work outside of the work that I'm creating for myself. Right. Um, it's a good time I, to do. It's a good time to grind on stuff, though, when right. when there's nothing going on and you're just sitting at home. I've been getting a lot of that type of stuff. Where I launched a website this week. That's what I'll plug. JustinHankinson.com. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, go ahead. Sorry to mean to interrupt your uh, no, 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 flex, no, no, bro. No. And um, yeah, I'm uh, at the Actors Workout studio in north hollywood um yes, teaching sir. there so um you know if you have the passion or the interest to pursue acting i'm here with uh three other fantastic instructors they are all great and they all got their own cool style they're all great all great in their own ways um and it's all over zoom oh. right now it's pretty cheap i think it's 175 a buck bucks a month for mm -hmm. a month right now because it's mm -hmm. all over zoom um and mm -hmm. i'm still like i haven't stopped just because we're doing over zoom it's it's different than acting in person but it's uh it's still acting and you know mm -hmm. you still you're still there you're still present uh you just mm -hmm. have to work a little harder which is good yeah. though it's yep. that's what it's yep. about right working yep and you're working on a different skill set but as you said yes yeah, still acting and we're uh, on the internet at uh actorsworkout.com Cool, man. And uh, check me out at justinhankinson.com, my brand new website, the professional, the professional plug. All right, awesome. man. Ricky, thank you so much, sir. Um, until next time, man. Thank you again. I, I appreciate it. I had a great time.